good evening, and welcome to Wargaming After Dark. So we are on episode 8 now, guys. This is the last episode of season 1, because we are about to make it out of the quagmire that has been 2020. You're not supposed to talk about it in the middle of Snowmageddon, because this is, if you ever saw that terrible Krumpus movie... This is the snowstorm that happens in that fucking Krumpus movie. That is true. I just remember that. I actually didn't think it was that bad. No, it's hilarious. Oh, yes. That's what I mean. I love that it was a comedy and had hard, dark corners. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody dies. Have you seen Krumpus? I haven't seen that Krumpus movie yet. I used to be accused of being Krumpus at a former job. I, I'm gonna... We'll take care of you. It, it was actually surprisingly good for how... Just awful. Awful it was. I still haven't seen any of the Mandalorian, Brian. You want to? You want Krumpus to jump the line? All right. Now you're pissing off our followers. This is the way, Ricky. Brian uh, is giving you're you the just finger. a cult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're in the middle of Snowmageddon. We're attempting to stay on topic, but we had to stay warm before. We could even start recording today. So, we should be better than we were on episode 7, but I'm not making any promises. Yeah, right now I'm using my beer as an ice pack, so... Yeah, well... Whiskey's better. Sean decided to shovel off his roof before podcasting, and while podcasting is not a physically strenuous activity... (laughs) It is mentally draining. uh, 41 inches to 44, depending on who you're asking, moving that the last three days is rough. And Did now you everyone in the Northeast yeah. knows where we are. Yeah, we're... It's the only time this town has been in the news in the past ten years. Other than motors. That's true. We were in the... For a long time we were in the news for something that happened a while ago. Yeah, but, but anyways, so... Topics. Before we even get into topics, hey Ricky, did you get any painting done or any hobby games in? Did I get, uh, since the last time we were on, yes, I did get a game in. Um, I got some uh, Song of Ice and Fire, which we've been kicking on lately. Uh, I did not get any painting done, unfortunately. Uh, Had some uh, family stuff happen. Uh, It's been rough, and for me that involves a two-hour drive and usually spending a day or two um, down there. So, I uh, wasn't able to get a lot done. I did get Scorpions for my Night's Watch, as well as the Heroes Pack. Which... I love that everybody else is getting their Song of Ice and Fire stuff, and I I, I don't have it yet. Hey, it's the same. I got one unit. You pre-ordered. No, I didn't. I'm talking about the other two, two oh. units I bought. Oh. Was it other two? I can't remember. I don't remember I've either. lost track of what I ordered. See, Sean's like, I've got one unit. But, see, what the rest of you don't know is that Sean is like Scrooge McDuck over here, like just swimming through all of his Free Folk units. He's literally well, got Well, he's everything. bought two corsets. No. I did, but I didn't. I've explained this to you. The he's other person did not want to take the trip to Jupiter to buy it for Christmas a gift. So I bought it for said person. <laughs> yeah, was, I don't, so I need don't more, have that unit yet. I don't, I, don't, yet. I don't need more giants, I swear. This is for a friend. I don't need four <laughs> giants and two mammoths. Alright, so you were busy, Ricky. But you did get some gaming in. I did. How'd your games go? Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm normally not a fan at all of free-for-all games. This is, say, games with more than two players. 
because they usually devolve in almost every circumstance. I don't know if you guys would agree with One that. One side gangs up on the other. Yeah, you it ends up as a two, you, any free for all you attempt to play ends up as a two v one, or a campo, or, or yeah, or someone will just stay out of it, and you know. Once you're exhausted, but that's usually how. If so, if it's clear and obvious someone's camping, then it becomes a two v one. Because if you were just camping on your side of the board and say, "Let's Sean and I had fifteen hundred points on a forty k table, and we had shot us each other down eight hundred points," we're we're gonna look at each other, realize you're not participating, and then come after you with sixteen hundred points of our combined army that we have left. A hundred percent. Yep. That's a, and that's a real problem. Uh, you know, I actually developed back in 8th edition a whole scenario in which it was just a 2v1, but it was a 2v1 that shifted, and it was faction-based. Oh, I remember that. It that was, was pretty uh, cool. Yeah, like with, uh, you know, Eldar went through a webway gate, and then they, because Eldar are fickle, for those who play 40k, Eldar are fickle, and they might want both sides to destroy each other, so occasionally they will help both sides in a conflict. And, uh, like, there was there was another one with Tyranids where the monsters would just go dormant and not attack you. And you could snap fire at the monsters. It was based on their uh, uh, Come the Apocalypse enemy system. At any rate, it generally doesn't work. However, yesterday I played my first game of A Song on Ice and Fire. And I will say that it was... Your first game? Second game. First uh, free-for-all game. Oh, okay. Of A Song on Ice and Fire. And it's a combination of... The uh, individual unit activations and the fact that you are super vulnerable on your flanks. Like if you, you just if you turn your flank to someone, you have to really trust them. In a game that's based on Game of Thrones, trust no one. So a free for all will is likely to stay a free for all. You're very likely to. <clears throat> You know, it's like, no, no, I'm just going to split my forces. Some are going to face this way, some are going to why? Because I can't trust that guy on my flank. Because if he gets into my flank, he's going to eat my entire line. You were playing with a Lannister cockle anyways. Yes, yes. Uh, our favorite Lannister cockle. You know who you are. What about you, sir? I can't even tell you what I said I was going to do. But you yelled at me. That's what happened last time. Really? Yeah. No, no, that was at the beginning. At the end is when you asked me what I was going to do. I actually think I asked you, and Ricky's the only one that answered. I could take the time to go back and listen to my edit, but I got two games in, one of Armada, my first game ever, and then a got a game in with another one of our listeners of their first game with the full Song of Ice and Fire. So I got two games in there. And yeah, then, I got to watch the second that Song of Ice and Fire game. It was a good yep. game. And then I also primed all the models I owned for Song of Ice and Fire. And then, of course, the week after I primed them, I got the next unit in. But if you guys are paying attention, I'm saving that unit for the video I talked about in Episode 7. Cool. Um, other than that, I don't think I did anything other than that. I Painted it a bit of Grievous while I was uh, editing the podcast because it was actually pretty smooth last week. And if you disagree with us, let me know. Uh, I know one of our listeners already did. <laughs> it's great to have feedback in the house. Yeah. Um, I was going to start on Legion, and I did. I got the recipe down for my clones. 
Um, but then I kind of ground to a halt as far as Legion was because I couldn't get into my garage for three days. And I wanted to prime, yeah. but I couldn't. So I finished my Legion army six weeks ago. I offered to play a game with you, but we just couldn't get things lined up. Yeah. <laughs> plus, it's just been sitting there. Plus the one day that we usually have time to play is when this big snowstorm hit. Yeah, right? that, was this that, much is true. Was that the yeah. day after a day? Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was so Thursday. I was, right. I was, we, were, we were kicking around the idea of a Thursday, and uh, so that washed out. And then we thought, well, what about next Thursday? It's uh, super inconvenient that... Uh, yeah, Christmas Eve is on a Thursday this yeah, year. Yeah, as it turns out, there was some there was a significant birth, and all of a sudden we can't play next Thursday. I will say, at the next Sunday though, at least I can. That's true. I will say, the end of last episode, we all said we were going to go out and buy a new unit for Song of Ice and Fire. I did. Me too. So what is that unit? What did everyone order that next Monday? I ordered. Another unit of Stag Knights. I ordered two units of Rose Knights. Okay, over I cheaper. Ordered, <laughs> I ordered a uh, Baratheon Attachments uh, Heroes 2 and Baratheon Attachments. I ordered a unit of Thens. I already said, but I got the Scorpions and okay. the Heroes. I forgot we made that promise. I just ordered Yeah, it's one of the one things I do remember yeah. from the last episode. Yeah, and I can tell you that uh, I, I now, uh, after playing again yesterday... I actually have another shopping list. The nice thing about this game is that even if you all the money that I've spent, you know, it's still less than what I've spent for any other game, including Armada. I have an apocalypse box that's full of nothing but intercessors. Yep. I spent more on that than I probably will on the entirety of my Song of Ice and Fire army. Unless you buy another starter set, which is not a bad thing to do for you. I have something for you, Ricky, for the holidays. It's going to be a free gift, only because I don't need two casters from the starter box. And you can use caster in the Night Watch as an NCU. It took me a moment to figure that out. That was it's like, caster, what the hell? I thought he meant, like, Warcaster from fucking Warmhorde. So did no. I. No. So did I. And we no, sorry. both know enough about that ga- terrible game to be like... Yeah, I thought it was just so- Warcaster isn't even Warhords, no, but Warcasters. Oh, in- yes. Okay. Thought now it was I got just you. Saw trying to set another hook for another game. Oh, I wouldn't even set a hook. I've I already am got so over trying to sell those damn models that I don't use, and no one wants them. I've I've cut them down to like seventy five percent off, and no one wants to buy them. It's a bad game. It's a bad. No, game. it's the game itself is not bad. The company, the way they run the game, is bad. Fine, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, like the, I know one listener that could come on and school us in his knowledge of it. But my problem is, when I play a war game, I don't mind doing a little bit of math. I don't like doing a lot of math. It's it's, it's a lot chess. of math. It is chess. It's, it's total chess. It's just strenuous on my brain. It doesn't work. Like our one listener literally told, uh, he had broke down. He told me and he showed me it. He had a, a version of percentages, like, of broken down if it's worth certain attacks and stuff. And like, at what point is it worth to spend extra dice? Because he was very competitive in playing, and I was like, "Is this the man that likes the ocean?" 
lived huh? on, he lived under the sea. Sure. <laughs> Lost now, but okay. Your neighbor. Oh yes. Um, which is very interested in playing Legion and Armada. Definitely, we'll definitely have a. Is he able to come out? Hmm. Is he able to come out? Yeah, uh, I assume I, so. I don't know I'm what assuming. his COVID. Oh. Uh, you know who you are if you're able to escape your home. He, please leave a comment. Yeah, send uh, up a green flare. <laughs> we two play rocks on together. We play on it. occasion, but the way holidays are, oh yeah, we're playing on playing a game after the holidays. Oh yeah, that's the only thing. Um, well, if do you know what he'd like for Legion? Yes, Empire. So I I might be picking up Rebels because of that. We'll talk about that. Okay, we'll we'll talk off. We said we were going to wait to talk about topics, and we've completely surpassed that. Well, so, one of the topics we're going to save for the end is going to be special, and maybe it will help you get into a new game for the next year. As special as we are. I mean, we're pretty special. I've, oh, I've got a piece of paper. Extra special over here. <laughs> There's a box of crayons in this house, and I'll find them. You can't eat Susie's crayons. I think, that sounded like I think a she likes me enough that it would be okay. No, see, like, she doesn't have, like, fucking Rose Art or Crayola. Oh, that's then I don't want them. Yeah, Crayola. I want Dirt Cheap. She's got, like, artist crayons. No, yeah, that's she, not... No, she'll kill right. you. She'll like the, the hot pocket of crayons. If it's <laughs> exactly. more expensive than the MRE, I don't need it. There's no hot pockets <laughs> allowed in this house? That's fair. Hot pockets are literally just cooked, cooked, burn your tongue. Did... Do you remember coming into the store the one day with my second degree <laughs> hot pocket birds down my entire wrist? No. You were like, "Why are you bandaged?" Oh yes. Okay. Hey, hot why pockets are you bandaged? Because I saw the pepperoni hot pocket and I was hungry. <laughs> I do. Trap. It was a yeah, trap. and then it's literally like the outside is still cold, but inside is a magma river. <laughs> I literally had second degree bones, cheese bones, from my wrist to my elbow. It was ridiculous, and the only thing I could cover it with was, like, ten feet of gauze, because... Yeah. Any other topics, or are we just gonna... I will dig into some detail. I will dig into some detail into my game, and then we will dig into Sean's Armada game, I think. Yep. Uh, My thoughts. And I can talk about, also, the Song of Ice and Fire game. I'm gonna sit here and give snide comments and drink whiskey. That sounds great. He's probably going to take episode. every opportunity to bitch about Baratheons as well. Um, I'm, I'm so uh, I played probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, the game I played was a free for all match. It was a Feast of Crows, which was appropriate because I was playing Night's Notch. Uh, it was against a uh, friend of ours, a listener who played two listeners Starks, and uh, another friend who was uh, playing a Lannister cockle. He's playing the Lannister cockles. Oh, so he played with a bunch of pyromancers? Yeah, uh, pretty much. He had a, you know... All right, so in his defense, right? right so it was a free-for-all game. I started on... Uh, basically, we Wait, started... are you telling me you're going to defend him right now? Well, here's why I'm going to defend him for bringing you pyromancers. Can... Doing we that, killed... you can anger a lot of our listeners. We fucking murdered those... <laughs> those pyromancers. <laughs> I think he got to throw three of the grenades. Like... We fucking murdered him. That is what happens in the group, ch- in one of our group chats when you just tell us everything about your list. Well, you're going to target stuff. <laughs> yeah, one pyromancer in, in, in his defense, in our Lannister player's defense, 
He has probably the most painted army in our local meta. And it's gorgeous. Yes, he's it's... done you're you know who you are, you're doing an amazing job on your Lannisters. We've uh, got a bottle of whiskey specifically for you. That's yes. a Lannister cockle. It's gonna it's gonna make it onto the Instagram probably. Probably. We'll see about that. Uh maybe put the, the throne next to it, which I have seen in person for the first time. So the throne, we, we have an iron throne that uh we're gonna pass around and do stupid shit with. Pay attention to our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fuck. Rabbit hole. No. Pull up. Pull up. Pull up. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, the, the pyromancers just got We're all mad here. The Stark player. We are. Uh, double moved some cavalry to charge them. Uh, ended up losing the cavalry. Uh, losing the cavalry at a huge pain, points loss, too, because the cavalry took a bunch of panic tests in a Feast of Crows. Every time someone fails, or not a panic test, sorry, a morale test. In a Feast of Crows, every time you fail a morale test, you put a marker on them, and that unit becomes worth one more victory point. Yes, and that's, I think that's where Lannis, like, that mission is great for Lannisters and uh, Renly Baratheons. Does Renly do panic as well? When you, when Rose Knights take a morale check, a panic morale check, and they pass, they deal a wound. Just automatic wound. Is that... Is it whenever any unit takes no, when, becomes that extra point, or when they fail? No, when they fail around okay, check, they, they fail. Yeah, okay. they have to fail. Right, soon. but there was a way to make more panic checks in a feast for crows, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you can. There, there are a bunch of mechanics to make. Yeah, it, uh, and then there's yeah. also uh, the house bolt and stuff are good at making panic. Yeah, but the thing is, though, that might actually be a detriment, though, because if your rose knights say they anything that keeps healing itself. You can heal yourself back up to full, and this is what actually happened with the with uh, the Stark players' uh, yeah. cavalry. You fail your you fail your morale test. You get a marker. Normally, if you keep getting attacked, you're eventually going to die. But if you keep healing yourself, you can keep making checks. You keep making checks, and every time you fail one, you get another marker, and you get another marker. Right. So you can have a unit. Actually, my Jon Snow unit at the end of the game, because Jon Snow also has some healing mechanics. The, the Rose Knights heal, but when they pass the morale checks, they deal just an auto wound to the unit they're fighting. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like cheating, Ryan. I don't, Brian, I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I think Baratheon... Sean, I think Baratheon's pretty awesome, don't you? So, Baratheon's pretty good, as long as you don't buy the starter set. No, you need to buy the starter set, but you need to buy more stuff. I'm not going to say don't buy a starter. Everything because... that's on back order. <laughs> yeah. Everything that makes them good is... Well, that's basically but a rule of thumb. If you look at it, Targaryens, Targaryens, Targaryens are the same way. Oh. Because their starter box comes with a cav unit that you don't really need. Unsullied pikes. Uh, oh, out of stock. I know, but they're amazing. That's yeah. why they're out of stock. Uh, unsullied blademasters are pretty good too. I'm, I'm actually and looking. Fucking Dogans. Since I know one of our one of our friends, maybe the Lannister cockle, is, <laughs> is also going to be a Targaryen. Uh, yeah. Dick Whistle. Uh, that doesn't not, that doesn't rhyme as well as cockhole. No, I'll work on that one. Okay, good. Um, I'm. I don't know. I've been looking at Greyjoys. I know you're picking them up. See, I don't care what you play. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to. I know we don't have any Bolton players. Aren't Bolton's mostly mercenary? They're all neutral. They're Bolton. neutral, so but they do Bolton have specific. Just as a full neutral force. Yeah. yeah. You. I. I heard it addressed in another podcast, and I really agree with them, that neutral should be considered its own faction. 
with the amount that they have between the Boltons, the Storm, the Storm Crows. Honestly, I think Bolton and, should be their own. Yeah, and the Mummers. Boltons would make sense. Boltons, I think, make more sense than uh, the Bear Island people, who are probably going to be a faction. I think Boltons. Well, make more they sense. were such a big deal in the show. I can't see the Bear Island people not being their own faction. Yeah. Were they a deal in the books, Brian? For those of us who haven't. No, but they didn't show up in the show until after the the show had progressed beyond the books. Yeah. That's true. Well, uh... actually, no, because when Jon Snow gets stabbed is where the books end, correct? Literally. He hits the ground and the book is over. Okay, yeah. so then you did have the slaver guy. That... Yeah, well, Jorah and the Night's Watch, but the Yeah, but the, the actual kid. house itself, the, the little yeah. girl didn't exist. Nope, not yet. Yeah, I'm... I actually don't even know what she does other than it's important. Don't tell me. I'm still trying to wait for Dorne. Oh, Dorne is going to be so good. I, I can just see some, like... They're going to be like Targary- Targaryen or Dothraki, I bet. I think they're going to be... Act- I, I agree. I, I think they're going to be... they're going to be fast, but not as tricky as Starks. But I'm like, wondering... they're just going to be fast outright, like movement And, and outnumbered. Like they're going to be low points. I'm going to... I also wonder if they're going to have camels instead of horses. Did they have camels in the show? In the show, it's horses. I don't know if the books ever they, talked about they Dorne. Talk, they talk about Dorne and horses. They're in Dorne. Okay. Um, Marcella, the one Lannister yeah. daughter, is there, and there's the whole plot. Um, the Sand Snakes have a much smaller plot in the book thus far than they did in the show. Okay, so then camels really don't make sense. I thought it would be cool for their aesthetic, but... I, I think they're going to be, like, light-armored, like, um, your guys. Yes. Um... I think they're going to be light armor, but high attack volume. And movement. Glass yep. cannon. Movement. movement. Yep. And then I think they're actually going to have a... Like the what comes in the starter box for Starks, the split lancers. I don't think they're going to be like Blackfish horsemen. I think they're going to be more like the uh, cav unit that's in the starter box. Also, the one bodyguard is for the the King of Dorne, whatever yep. his rank is, is like some weird axe wielding monk. And uh, I bet you there'll be a unit of them. Yes. Is it an axe wielding or a halberd? It's something. It's show it's like a glaive halberd yeah, kind of thing. It's no. basically his yeah. wife. They don't really tell you what it looks... If they tell you what it looks like in the book, I don't remember. I remember they talk about him tending to it all the fucking time. It's yes. a spear covered in manticore venom in the show. No, that's Oberyn. Yeah, that's that's the... That's the, the guy. brother, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's the brother. Yeah, no, this is a different... This is a bodyguard character. Yeah. Dorne, Dorne is the one army I'm waiting for. That's why I probably won't Dorne pick up a second will, one. Dorne will be super cool. I'm excited for Dorne. Uh, I think Greyjoy's... So, I've read their rules... Greyjoys sound really, really good, but they don't sound broken, which makes me pretty happy. No, they sound very... I'm trying to think of another army that's very... I think it's actually probably most like just straight Bolton. Or very, very, like, uh, technique-oriented about how you do things. It's going to depend on which one of the the commanders you choose. Yeah. Because each of the commanders is different enough, and it runs to the board in a different way. That you're going to see a lot of flexibility in. I, well, I think you're going to see a lot of flexibility in Greyjoy. I think they're closer to a scalpel. Yep. Than a... Than a bullet hammer. Yeah. Yep. Where... Which is funny, because that's what Baratheons are, even though they all have hammers. Where everything that I thought from Free Folk... I don't know, you're pretty solid is not, on the line, though. It feels like a scalpel, but it's not for Free Folk. You are, but Baratheon brings, for your base units a lot of mediocrity to the table. Like, if you break them down, they're not bad. 
though not really that good either, it's when you dip into the tactics deck and you dip into their special abilities and their special units is when they start to shine. So the you you look at them and you're like, oh, this is just all three up saves and I'm just gonna moach my blocks up and da da and it's not. It's it's not at all. To quote Sean and to make our one magic listener happy, it's like playing a blue deck. Yeah. It's like playing a blue deck. That's no way to go through life. I'm excited. I mean, I don't regret. No regrets. Alright, so that's not what I meant, but you basically just said you were excited for a blue deck. No one has ever been excited for a blue I deck. I loved my blue deck when I was in high school and didn't I didn't mind magic. blue decks. I just like splashing all the colors in. I, I loved my counterspell deck. Oh, so you're just a horrible person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was bad. But I was also like 16 in high school and didn't really understand how to play Magic. Was it like a, a full counter or were oh, you yeah. playing with Storm? Nope, full, Storm okay. didn't exist. In high Storm school, was old. Brian used to put baby powder on his face to make himself look paler than he was. And he is really, really pale by default. That is not true. It so, wasn't baby, baby powder. I paid for expensive foundation. Starks. <laughs> the we talked about. I also Lancer. wore a top hat. I was fucking cool. How was how was playing against Starks? Because when I played, he didn't have a lot of extra units. He still doesn't have any bonus uh, units. Not like a a lot of really weird extra stuff. Um, okay, I thought so he got the he extra half. Of, he had two units of cav, of light and heavy. He had. Uh, he really oh. likes the. Uh, he did have the Tully cav. Uh, they're, they're the heavy calf. Yeah, he had a. Well, there are, there are three calves for Stark, right? No, two. 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 Okay, so he had a light a skirmisher calf and a heavy calf, and uh, he had a ton of uh, the Umber Berserkers. Yeah, he really two, likes those. Two units of the Umber Berserkers. Yeah, well, they're they're just Death Company. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Literally. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know who you are. Uh, That's right, Ryan. Yes. First names are okay. So in that case, uh, yeah. Ryan was playing Starks, and Stefan was playing Lannister Cockles. Well, Stefan is the Lannister Cockle. Ryan we've picked on before, so. Yeah. No, true. you can't buy my love. But he had Umber, but he had uh, two units of Umber Berserkers, and then one unit of Stark Sworn Swords, which I think had more to do with being the points cap than actually wanting Stark Sworn Swords. Because mm-hmm. They're not bad, though. They're not bad, they're not good. They're sort of like your wardens. They're no, my wardens unit. are really good when you put a good commander in them. They're your base unit. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're not bad. It's yeah. just low point. Yeah, they they were super. Uh, they're better than sentinels. Better yeah. than a single unit of raiders. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they're, but they were uh, they they weren't terribly terribly significant. Um, uh, they didn't uh, against the Starks. I'll say this: it was. I don't believe the Starks had a real chance to shine in the free-for-all battle. I don't think uh, Feast for Crows is a good scenario for them. Also, they had a few problems with my Scorpions. <laughs> uh, scorpions think... are terrifying in their own way. They're not as good. Really, if you want to build to, to success with Night's Watch, I think the route is either Builder Crossbowmen or Stone Throwers. But the Scorpions are kind of like a less dickish middle ground between those two. What's the range that they can shoot? Scorpions are long range. Yeah, see, that that's the issue. Is most things that are shooting are all short range. Well, the Stone Throwers are unlimited range, so that's what makes the Scorpions the less dickish option. Stone Throwers oh, are like, God, you're on the table, action. I hit you. 
Yeah, I do too. It's it's six plus one for each rank. I really wanted to play Night's Watch, and because everybody else was interested, I was like, Baratheon are good enough. You oh, know, you, you should have still went for it. So I don't. We could have three, but long term, I, I don't think uh, pick up Night's Watch because uh, it's so that the thing cheap. Is if, if you bring Night's Watch with stone throwers, though, you're just kind of an asshole, in my opinion. Like, oh, I actually want to run like Veterans of the Watch and Sworn Brothers and go infantry heavy. Yeah, infantry heavy is definitely not a dickish thing to do. The Scorpions aren't dickish. Like, I, like I said, because if you all right, so if you want to take War Engines of any kind or Builder Crossbowmen, you have to take. I'm going to butcher his name. It's like Yorick. Also, first builder. Uh, but uh, you have to take him if you want access to those units. That's just how that works. And of all of his options, the Scorpion is the least dickish. Because if you're against infantry, the builder crossbowmen are better. And if you're against uh, single units or... Well, actually, you know, almost anything. Because unlimited range is busted in that game. The stone throwers. Uh, light calf could be a big problem for the stone throwers. I could see if somebody really wanted to play up the light cla- light calf. But I can't. Uh, the thing is, the stone throwers aren't expensive enough to prohibit your infantry line. Right, which is fine. But if you do like the Stark thing with Blackfish, where they can just outflank wherever the fuck they want. Yeah, that, I mean theoretically, because oh, oh, so there is an Achilles heel to the the uh, the artillery pieces. For those who are unaware, if you touch them, you've got them. Yep. You need to touch them. But if you don't, and if there's, you know, there are plenty of positioning things you could do. Because you could just be an asshole. You really could. You could park in your deployment zone. If you had three stone throwers in your list, you could park in your deployment zone and literally just go, unit gone this turn, unit gone next turn, unit gone next turn, and just... There'd be nothing that you're. This is why you can't get a hold of stone throwers. Which is for the best, honestly, because Night's Watch. It's not like well, they're anemic without stone throwers. No, I'm glad they're three up. Huh? I'm glad they're a three up, not two up. They're a three up. However, because you can only take them with the the first builder, his commander trait is spotter. Gross. Yeah, I saw that. Which gives you a reroll. I didn't know there was a stipulation. I didn't read through that far. Oh, (laughs) so. You're you're basically gonna three up rerolling. You're gonna hit almost every time except for that one, one out of. And I'm gonna really piss off Brian's math, uh, mathematics friend. But <laughs> that one one in a or one in a thousand, some dumb number that I can't do the math in my head of you rolling a two twice or a one and a two on that reroll. Yeah, there's a. A lot, and like I said, it's not like the Night's Watch are by any means anemic without the stone throwers. They have really good options for just about everything. Uh, actually, my, my current list that I've reworked since I played that game uh, makes use of the Watch Veterans, uh, which kind of suck when you compare them to the Sworn Brothers in a lot of ways, but I'm kind of hoping I cleared that up. Uh, which updates. are better, the Sworn Swords or uh, Brothers? The the Sword or, Brothers are the great sword guys. They're amazing, and they are slightly worse of a save. They, like they're slightly less of a. De- they have worse defense, but their offense is. They miles come with higher. critical and thunder. Oh, okay. Yeah, by default, base just on the unit, and yeah. there's six points model. Seven. Seven points. A, no, seven points of stand. Seven yeah. points of stand. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the swarm or the veterans of the watch are eight, but they only get counterattack. Which is still good. 
It's still good, and their save is a little bit better. They're theoretically defensive. I'm going to see if I can maybe get a little more out of them uh, in my new setup. But they don't. So anyway, that was that was the Starks. It wasn't uh, wasn't uh, uh, rough. Wasn't too rough on me. The Lannisters got the the worst half of the Umber Berserkers. And, uh, but the Lannisters... Um, I, so, when I fought the Umber Berserkers, they, they both a hit giant. a giant. And they did end up killing a giant. I think they... I don't know if they underperformed because of, you know, a giant. And also, I was playing NCU Heavy, so I could, you know, heal and mess around and attack twice. I think you have about the best army for running NCU Heavy, just because you have such cheap stuff on the board. Yes and no. Our best two NCUs that uh, <laughs> are normally being played are four points each. And how much is Mance? Four. He is four? Okay. And Steyr is four. Mance is fucking off. And you normally take three NCUs, so you're going to take I ten points. I thought four was default. No. There's a bunch that are three and two. It's usually like two and up. You yeah. don't you won't find one for one. Most of can... the good ones are four. Yes. All, all mine are four. Busted are usually it's because your army is broken. It's just the stone throwers. Lies. Here we go. Baratheon isn't good. I didn't say that. I haven't said that you yet. You said it with your eyes. You like looking in my eyes, baby. I just looked at I just looked at Brian's eyes, and he was literally like, "Baratheon are terrible." Didn't say that. Baratheon are great. actually. I don't know if there is any at oh two. I'd have to go through each army. No, I like some of my field guys are two, but I think three is the standard. But at any rate, Lannister cockles. Uh, so. Using first names only, Stefan brought a unit of Pyromancer. That's what defines you as a Lannister cockroach. Just bringing those. As soon as you have one unit of Pyromancers, you have cleared the bar. Uh, he had a unit of Lannister crossbowmen, which are dog murderers, and we'll get to that. Um, he had the Mountain on Horseback, which is the uh, promo Kickstarter. I forget how that came about. Uh, he has one of those. He had a unit of Probably Lannister ball. pikes. Halberdiers. <laughs> Halberdiers, uh, yeah. Doing pretty good. Um, a unit of the uh, sword and shield guys. Sworn uh, Lannister's guardsmen. Yeah. Yep. And he didn't have any poor people. And they're they're junk. They're just they're worse sworn swords. Yeah, and I think that was it. He did. Stefan didn't have uh, many bases to work with. Well, because he took fucking pyromancers. But uh, yeah. So he uh. First thing that happened was he, he sent out his... Stefan sent out his pikes in front to confront Ryan's um, Umber Berserkers. Mm -hmm. Charging nose to nose. The Umber Berserkers are normally very, very scary. Uh, sundering, and they always attack at their highest profile. Yep. So, and that's for them, that's ten attacks. Yep. Because of their Berserker rule. Yep. Or they... Sorry, they get... Normal normal units lose attacks. I believe they gain attacks as they yes. lose ranks. Yes, yes. They're similar to uh, one of Brian's Baratheon units. But not. 
but oh. not because we gain abilities. Yeah, yeah stag knights always ha- have eight attacks at every rank, right? Seven attacks. Seven attacks at every rank. Yeah. Well, so they go and and they clash pretty hard, and the Umber Berserkers kill one of they win a Pyrrhic victory against the Pikemen, against the Lannister Halberdiers. Stefan proceeds to shoot Big John Umber dead with his crossbowman. Ryan's cavalry, I believe, uh, is light cavalry. I killed his heavy cavalry. With a scorpion? Uh, John Snow and a scorpion. It was bad. Uh, Can I just stop you real quick? What terrain was on the table? Okay, so we had uh, two corpse piles to start out with. Beast of Crows, they pop up everywhere every time you yeah. kill an infantry and you get a corpse pile. Uh, Stefan dropped a corpse pile right in my face, so I dropped the, uh, tree right next to it to counter. The weirwood? Yeah, the weirwood tree. Just to balance it out. Okay. And, uh, on the other side we had, uh, a palisade. So two, two, two corpse piles, a weirwood, and a palisade. Alright. Was our, was our total terrain. And, yeah, so that was right, uh... Ryan basically had control of the palisade, though it was more of a hindrance to him because his his was mostly infantry blocks to deal with. Uh, he did have Grey Wind, uh, so he had someone to send around the outside, but uh, it didn't end well for Grey Wind because of the Lannister crossbowmen. And for three people, did you guys play with the tactics board? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So did everyone have more than one NCU? Uh, yes, they each had two and I had one. Okay. Uh, Circe was ridiculously strong because her ability with the tactics board is minus two and take a panic test. So if she took the crown in this Feast of Crows thing, it was basically like dead. You know, uh, at one point I, Jon Snow's unit had to take a panic test at a minus five. Yeah, absolutely brutal. And then Ryan tried to help him, betraying the North for a Lannister cockhole. Uh, he put a panic marker on Jon Snow and tried to destroy his unit with Cersei's help. How'd that go? It didn't work out. I blocked his pan- I blocked his panic token and rolled fairly well. I know they were all complaining about your tactics deck. Huh? They were all complaining about your tactics deck. I swear, you know, you cheat one time. <laughs> okay, so I'm relatively new to this game. I thought you'd get the tactics cards for everybody. No, you just get it for your commander. Yeah, so I had Jon Snow's tactics deck in my shuffle into my thing. I used it one time. Not terribly significant. So who is your commander? Uh, the first builder. Okay. Because it has to be. If, you, if yeah. he's not your commander, you can't bring scorpions. At least that's what my app tells me. Yeah. Which is currently the leading authority on the game, I guess. Yes, because the company itself runs it. So Greywind circles around the Palisade just in time to get killed by Lannister Crossbowmen in a rather, you know, awful parody of how he died in the show. You know, he just cavalry moved, moved up, and Stefan's Crossbowmen just turned, fired, Iced Greywind, because there was basically nothing he could do. It was at that time that I realized, ooh, that's probably going to happen to Ghost as soon as the Pyromancers die. Mm-hmm. 
Then he used the trick to make the pyromancers fall out of combat, and they killed the ghost. You mean retreating? No, no, his pyromancers had already activated. Oh, he so used he just... a. Uh, the Lannisters have a card, uh, something deception, that you activate one unit, and then you just drop the token on them like they activated, and you can activate a unit that's previously activated again. Got it. And I think he did it with the. Oh. The mountain had a bad day, and. Yes, he uh, he came in, and uh, he was basically started all the way on uh, Stefan's flank in the far corner of the board. Basically, the only thing that could have engaged him directly was Grey Wind because of the way the Palisade cut off the board edge. So, but he's cavalry, so he's fairly fast despite the fact that he's gigantic, right? So he starts crossing the board, and uh, our berserkers come in. Crossbowmen kill, or pikemen engage on the berserkers. Crossbowmen finish off on berserkers. Then, because everyone hates pyromancers, Ryan sends his cavalry straight through, like books across the, literally rides them right in front of my entire line. But just the way the game was, I couldn't really get a good bite on them. And smashes them headlong into Stefan's pyromancers, who... Let's just say they don't take close combat well. Let's put it like that. Uh, I think he got to throw a total of three grenades from the Pyromancers and uh, into Ryan's cavalry. Then the mountain hits them from the rear. And that was like his shining moment because I think he killed one horse. <laughs> well, I mean, cavalry are hard to kill. They've all got three wounds. Yeah, it's fairly tenacious. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, the... Then I come in from the other side, also slam into Stefan's pyromancers, because fuck pyromancers. Can't leave them do their Lannister thing. cockles. Yeah. And I, I, I whittle them down pretty well. Falls out of combat. Kills ghosts with his stupid crossbowmen. Dog murderers. Dog murderers. Yeah, because they killed Grey Wind too. Monsters. Fucking monsters. And I'm sure the cats just sat there and watched him do it. Yeah. Sad. Cats are not trustworthy. <laughs> anyway. What? When have my cats ever wronged you other than make you horribly allergic? How many times have they jumped on the table? Um, three times when you, have me, you and me played. When Ricky and I played think once how many of their models have you of your models have they broken one surprisingly they broke when they knocked my entire army box full of harlequins over only one broke which was super surprising i thought you were gonna kill a cat and how many no. models has luna broken none exactly how Man's many best times friend. luna jumped on the table Luna's normally not allowed in the basement, so... And then she, you... No, she hangs out with me. She does, but then you were also playing with Luna continuously. <sighs> kicking Sean, the ball like or throwing the ball across the basement. Sounds you like you're making excuses allowed. for your cats. Yeah, you were. Yeah. But the point is, you weren't picking up and playing with the cats, which are, would keep them entertained. I was picking up the cats. And, all, and put them on the ground off the table. <laughs> And off me. And, and did they ruin any of your models? 
No, because I threatened your cats. I sat them down and talked to them before we played. Oh, well. They listened, I think. It was incredibly awkward to watch. I mean, they didn't break any of my shit. The the giant baby uh, wanted Ryan to pick him up the last time we were over there. And he had done it the time before, and which is just continuing the bad habit I have let him do. is Jump up on being, the people? Being help, no, just asking for it to be held and then being held on your shoulder like a baby. Mm-hmm. And now that's just the normal thing he does. We'll come up and just request to be picked up. Yeah. Oops. I created a monster. That's okay. My and he's just continuously bigger. Yes, that's true. Hates me. So much. So much. Huge dog person. Hates me. I can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know. Loves Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> what was it, like three weeks ago we were down there or something like that? Like, you were directly behind me, and he was fine. And as soon as you poked your head out, he was like... <laughs> and I've given him food, just like you have, too. <laughs> but... See, Ricky negotiated with him, though. There was a conversation. I watched it as he dropped single grains of rice off his chopsticks. Yeah. That's true. You, you, know, you can't lead with the, you know, the full plate of food. Yep. You have to be like, you only get more if you're nice. I will say, my game against Starks, though, was... Largely different. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, we weren't playing three people, but. He wasn't back in the swing of the game yet either. No, and that's fair because it was Ryan's first, like, big step into cards and tactics deck all at the same time. And we played 40 points. We didn't play a 30, which is your rough starter box. Your army is also full of gotchas. Yeah, it's. If you want to play an gotcha. army that's just trap cards from Yu-Gi-Oh, it well the deck is literally trap cards from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And my unit's back, and you attack me, and, and my unit isn't worth any victory points. The only thing you can kill to get points is a giant. Yeah. That oh. didn't help. Well, Thens, it's all the, all the specialty units aren't that. But yeah, but at the time you the just said three giants units out of the raiders. box. <laughs> three of the five units out of the box are insignificant off topic i saw something absolutely insane on my ebay front page the other day i remember when Yu-Gi-Oh first came out they had a starter deck box it was a yugi versus kaiba two decks yugi versus kaiba a holographic dark magician and a holographic blue eyes white dragon do you how one of those sealed was going for thirteen thousand dollars do you know how many times blue eyes white is valuable do you want to know how much times I've gone back and just like, I wish I bought stuff and just held on to them? Because when we were younger, yep, all this stuff was brand new before the big hype. So, the Lego sets that the, I used to own? The AT-AT that's in pieces in my basement, in my box of Legos, that is worth hundreds of dollars if I would just pull it, apart, like, pull it out, find all the parts from it, mm-hmm. and put it in a separate box... People will still buy that today. Ziploc bag. You'd still get like a hundred bucks out of it. Oh yeah. Well, it was the kit was only worth a hundred, but yeah, I could probably get a hundred fifty. No, no, you could get like a hundred, hundred and fifty out of it. Yeah. The well, secondary Lego market is insane. And the the best part is, I was one you of those kids that put build all a fake. You could probably build fake versions of any of those kits just by buying. Yes, you could. Only if you had the exact parts. Well, because those people they go through the, they get the instructions. And they count out the parts. And if they're not the right generation or the right part, 
you're you're the dick. But you can buy Legos. By the part, yes. Well, no, by the uh, like you can buy a garbage can full of Legos on eBay. Yeah, yeah. But I was the kid that had every instruction I put aside in a metal tin. It's somewhere in my parents' house. I would have to find it, and I could probably find that ATAT. Mm-hmm. It was in the shed by the lawnmower. You're in trouble. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the snowpocalypse may have done some damage. So you had a good game. You didn't win, but you had fun. I didn't. Put, well, it came down to so the mountain. After attacking, uh, Brian's, Ryan's, Ryan's, Brian's, Ryan's. The only thing would be worse if we had like an Ian or something like that. I don't even know what. I have a stepbrother named Ryan, and we never got confused. Lived in the same house. Well, yeah, you're yeah, talking I had to a, each other. I had a fam- I had a sister that had a completely different name, but my dad still called us the opposite name or the dog's name. Yeah. All three were switched. Yeah, well, my dad would just like shotgun out names. Yeah, it's just names until you hit the correct one. No, maybe the... still miss it and then come back to it. He just yelled names, and the first one to show up was the dumb one that showed up. That's that's the Marine Corps for you right there. I need one. Oh. <laughs> He volunteered. Oops. I need a volunteer. I have no volunteers. I need some voluntolds. Privates. <laughs> Alright. So who actually won the three-way game? That would be the... Lannister the... Cockle. Lannister Cockle, yes. And what it came down to was we basically... Uh, I had a scorpion and a unit of sworn brothers... With Jon Snow left. Ryan had his Stark Sworn Swords left. What was left of them. They weren't even a full unit. And uh, Stefan had the mountain. Just the mountain. And I had done three wounds to the mountain previously. But he got him back up to full health by dropping it on the money bag. Restoring three wounds to a unit. It came down to one shot from my scorpion. If I could have killed his, if I could have rolled it, I'd have to roll a three because the, the single shot from the scorpion is D3 plus one damage. Mountain has four wounds. If I could have rolled a three, I would have killed the mountain and won the game because Ryan and I each had three points. And had I killed the mountain, I would have gotten four points. You know, for killing the mountain, you get an extra point. I would have been at four points, and Stefan would have been tabled so he couldn't win the game. It was turn oh. six. And, uh,. Fired, and was only able to get three wounds thrown on him, unfortunately. And then I thought I had another way to win by making my guys take a panic test, because I have another card called uh, Now His Watches End. Now their watches ended, and when one of your units dies, you can remove an activation token from another unit. So I was gonna see if I could kill Jon Snow, and then remove the activation token from the Scorpion and shoot again. But unfortunately, the panic test didn't work that way, and uh, there was. Just no recourse left. We activated out. Ryan and I both ended up with three points. Uh, Stefan ended up with nine, mostly from killing that cavalry unit that went in against the Pyromancers. Mm-hmm. Because they, they failed a couple of panic tests, and I think that unit alone was worth four or five points when it got eventually went down. Nice. And you? That's that's the issue if you keep, heal, uh, keep healing a unit on that mission. That's... Although something interesting that did happen, I was able to play, even though I wasn't involved in that combat at all, 
because it just says enemy unit, I was able to play Take the Black to heal one of my own units. Nice. Stefan, Stefan killed Ryan's unit, and I played Take the Black because the unit died near my guys. That is pretty good. Um, so my game, uh, Free Folk versus uh, Starks. Well, we're still on A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, honestly, it was pretty hairy for the Free Folk. They were dying left and right. Uh, but what it, like it. But what it came down to is Brian. Brian, by accident, well, not an accident, reminded me of a rule that I was allowed to retreat. Oh, right, yeah. Which made it so I could retreat. I mean, it's printed on the cards and in the rule book. Yeah, it, it's in the rule book, but we were so involved in the game, I wasn't Tournament thinking about... Foul. It's my house. I wasn't thinking about it, and then a third-party spectator, which once again is kind of cheap to wait to win that way, but was like, "I didn't realize I even helped them win." I was kind of speaking out loud of like what I could do and trying to like count out victory points because we were playing Game of Thrones, the first mission, and I was down points, and the only way I could win is if I could uh, capture two objectives. I had one of them. I needed one more unit to get on them. But they were actively engaged with a unit of cavalry. So I'm trying to figure out how I can do this. Ryan had already activated units around it, so I was free basically to move. And instead, of, he was trying to get uh, Grey Wind into combat instead of going back and holding an objective. So it gave me... The ability to score more points. That's why I needed this unit to move. Well, I was thinking of what was going on. Brian's like, well, you could always retreat. And I was like, oh, yeah. Retreat is a thing you can do. So I was able to pull a unit of trappers that hadn't fully died and jump on an objective. Which is what, in the end of the game, is what won me the game. Because Ryan was playing very aggressive, trying to come across the board... And got his double unit of berserkers stuck on a, a single giant. So that, that was the Song of Ice and Fire. It's pretty straightforward. It was first time Ryan was playing with the tax board and the uh, the decks. So the full game together. And then also I was kind of playing down. Because the only way I can make it to 40 points at the moment is before I had my Thens. It was the starter box plus a heroes, all heroes box. So I was only playing with the extra points from the starter game. It was just a bunch of heroes in it. So it wasn't super great. So I played three NCUs. And my, I played my most powerful ones. Because it was the only way I could get up there and stay decently uh on the table but i think ryan could have easily had me if he just stayed on objectives played played the mission instead of trying to yeah i feel like also he uh he whiffed that one combat against the giant Mm -hmm. if he had rolled just a hair a bit better that giant would have died and then it would have been a different game yeah i think there was one point in it that i thought he should have taken a different because he was trying to heal a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he should have just left one unit to die. And like if he did a second attack instead of trying to heal a unit, would have been way better. Yep, I agree. But other than that, it was a great game. 
it was really fun to watch. Um, it's I. I get to watch a lot of games, or I used to get to watch a lot of games, and it was really good to watch you guys, like, experiencing your armies in a different way, because um, you hadn't played against Starks, and it's no. a very different game playing against Starks, and Ryan had only played against Lannisters up until then, because he had only played against me with the storage demo kit, and Lannisters are a different fish, especially against, uh, compared to Free Folk. Yeah. So he did... Ryan was not happy because he kept killing all the insignificant units. Yep. No points. No points. Yep. And then he would get stuck on the giants. Yep. But you got to kill those units because they, if nothing else, they just block table space. Yeah. That's all I was using them for. Chaff. Yeah. Old objectives. Chaff. Fucking pain in the ass. They are. I also, I didn't get to use, like, the Tactics X was not in my favor that game. No. No, you didn't get any good stuff. Any of my good stuff, I was not playing cards. Uh, honestly, what was helping me was having Steyr and Mance and uh, yeah. Lady Val as my NCUs. Mance was nowhere near as painful in that game as he was in the game with you and me. Yes. Yeah. You... Uh, because all the token play, I couldn't I couldn't keep tokens on the yep. other person. Well, he was dying too fast. Yeah. Well, any unit that I needed it there, so... Starks wasn't like you. Like I could get you to fail panic tests. Mm-hmm. I could not get him to fail a single panic test. Yeah, no. To make it when I was making him. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Giving him panic tokens and stuff. It was a good game. I was pretty happy with it. All right. So but that night, I also had my first game of Armada. Right, right. We'll talk about that. Ricky's gonna go to sleep. It's okay. Do you have anything more about Song of Ice and Fire before you switch topics? Uh, not really, no. Alright, so... Jump full tilt into Armada. I know something about Armada that you don't. What's that? that? I was going to tease you about, but I will tell you now, because I'm a kind and gracious friend. Sure. I happen to know that even though clear, game-genic standard sleeves were back-ordered, a certain friendly local game store has either received or will be receiving in the very short future 30 packs of clear sleeves. I will buy them all tomorrow. <laughs> all of them. I already have special ordered the last ones that I need. So you can't touch mine. It. I bought a starter plus the upgrade pack, yeah. which has 290 cards. <laughs> I need the sleeves, Brian. <laughs> Guess what? I did the same thing. But you bought two starters. Yeah, but the other I don't need. Yep. True. Uh, True. Like I'll I'll do the ship cards, but other than that, well, I'm it's gonna... good to have a second damage deck because there's been a bunch of games for X Wing and Armada that I've gone to where the opponent was like, "Wait, I need a damage deck," and you're like, "Yeah, we both need a damage deck." And yeah. Being able to have a second one to just hand somebody was useful. I'm gonna use that stuff if my neighbor does get in, into the game. I'm gonna be able to use that because i believe isn't the damage deck in the first starter box the empire versus rebels isn't it the smaller yeah it's the small cards i don't know if it's the same though i don't know if they change things i don't think they changed it i think they just made it larger yeah so i was gonna ask him if he wants to trade to get a full size because i'll take the small one for the second deck yeah or i could give him my full size one yeah because i have a small size one yeah um if it was the same i don't care what size one I will say, Armada has kind of captured me like it, A Song of Ice and Fire did. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. The game went really well. 
I only won on a technicality because Ryan didn't play the mission. No, he, he played the mission. The okay. issue was we marked, so we didn't have a mat. Oh, okay. So when we marked the table, he thought he had more distance for his acclimator, and it was literally the base was on the edge of the table. There was no turning to keep that thing in. Oh, okay, and he so flew he, off. he flew it off because we just, it's not that it wasn't marked well. Do you just, need a 3x3 three three space mat? At some point, I'm gonna buy some Galax, some like really cool looking Galaxy Galaxy stuff, because I might have an extra. Okay, well, I'll be interested. Yeah, I, I I'll just give it to you because it's just like stars. It's just yeah. plain. I I want in the future like a whole nebula or something like that, like yep. cool background. I mean, Ricky, Ricky could play Armada. You would enjoy it. It's, I don't like fleet tactics. The mechanic, but the mechanics are very good. It's a very it's it's strategically active and it makes you think it's alternating activations like every ship it's and you you have to pre-plan all of your actions so let's say i'm running my um one of my mon calamari ships their command rating is three so when i start the game i have to guess three turns ahead my tactics and you set those first three turns at the start of the game. If you're looking for a chess match, that's a beautiful game. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. Just content yourself with having Sean having joined your call for now, alright? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For as far as like what you want in a game, it's fucking there. Oh, yes. It I love the movement widget for yep. the ships. Yep. It's it makes movement very smooth. It's very also dynamic. Yep, it's an moving. incredibly dynamic game. Yes, which one thing I misunderstood, and that's for me looking up stuff. You can actually put the measurement stick on the table yeah, to you're see. Supposed to. Well, as long as you don't click it in, the minute you put the widget next to your ship and on the base, oh, you are oh, not allowed you mean to pre-measuring. Change. Pre-measuring. Oh yeah, okay. I thought you meant you were trying to move your guys, and I'm like, no, you you. You have no. to click it into the base. So, that's what, so I was trying to do it in the air looking above. Oh, does that work? And put it. You can put it down next to the ship. As long as you do not put the prongs into, into the, the ship, yep. you can still look. So I messed that up. So I was like, my ship movements were bad. Well, and that's a difficult thing to get a hold of, a hang of too. Yeah. Like understanding the different weapon types, understanding but the different ship movements. I should probably say what army I picked up. Or... He's a dirty droid user. So I play Separatists and Legion, and for us to all have this nice large game of uh, Armada into Legion on the table, I thought it would be cool to pick up uh, Separatists as well. As much as I like uh, the Empire and the Rebels. Your Battlecruiser is coming out next month. Yes. Yep. And I'm getting Venators. I'm debating... So there's two ships from each faction, from, uh, Re- not Rebel Swap, uh, Republic and... Imperial. Yep. Oh, uh, CIS. Sem- yeah, CIS. CI just did it too. Yeah. It's, well, it's because the one flows into the next. Uh, so we're getting the Venator. It's a good game. We're getting the Venator. about Sigmar, though, and I know it's not true. Sigmar is a ton of fun. It is. It's... 
Would you we like are to look at my? We're going to escape a single podcast without this. Would you like you to look brought at it my, up. my we light out talk box? About... I've got an extra codex for what? Sigmar. Oh, Sigmar. Light elves. Yeah, there you go. Just look through it. You're gonna like it. You can you just know borrow it. it. It's fine. So, so Armada. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you for bringing us back on topic. Interesting that you're the one that did it. <laughs> you brought us off topic. Uh, I picked CIS, and after playing the first game, I decided doing a little bit of research on into it because I didn't know if it was worth it. But I bought a second starter. Yep. Because one one of our friends is buying some Infinity off me. For about the same price. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, we just didn't match it up the nights, so I couldn't just turn the money right around. But I'm picking up the second thing of CAS because the ships are awesome. I've got more uh, droid squadrons than I ever, will ever need. They pissed me off with the starter sets this time. Why? For the Republic, you have one more ace than you have fighter squadrons. It used to be you had enough fighter squadrons for all of your aces, or you flipped them over and they were generic. There was, you have to make a choice for the Aether Sprites, which Jedi you're going to run. And um, it's the choice between like Plo Koon, um, Ahsoka, and uh, I Numen- Numenara, whatever her name is. Yeah. And you tell which one's disc is sitting in my token box, because it's not Ahsoka, and it's not Plo Koon. Well, I thought she was the better one, though. She is better. But Plo Koon is just awesome, and Ahsoka's awesome. Plo Koon is the best Old Republic Jedi. The best Old Republic Jedi. Opinions? Didn't, I mean, th- you're once again proving you have didn't no idea episode, what you're talking about. Didn't episode three, they show him dying in a ship, and he actually survived? They don't. They, he's one of the ones that you don't know if he died or survived. Yeah, no, no. He, he was confirmed to be alive. Oh, then Plo Koon is confirmed to be alive, which is awesome. He, he was the one that who's flying the second gen uh, yeah. fighter. Yeah. And he got shot down by two arcs. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, another one who lived long enough to see his problem solved by a child. I believe, I believe Vader ended up killing him, though. That would make sense. He was... During Vader's hunt. And this is all, like, comic lore, though. Not... Yeah, I, but the comic lore is so good. I... I have discovered on YouTube, moving away from Armada, that a lot of the comics people have just read and put onto YouTube, like a podcast. That's what I found. And I've been listening to them pretty consistently at work now because I'm, you know, still fixing our website. And uh, the, I just listened to the Thrawn one and it lines up with Rebels so nicely. Wait, the... Oh, I have those books if you want to read them. Not the Thrawn War. The Thrawn got found. Legend. Thrawn Legend. Three books. Three black books. When he, uh, when they find him on the planet. Like, when Thrawn first gets Oh, no, 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 sorry. No, something different. No, 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 no. I've read the Thrawn Thrawn Wars novels. I own them. Or whatever they're called. No, we're we're talking about two different things. I'll show you. This is, um, when he is a, starts off as a lieutenant in training with the Imperial Navy and all the way up until he gets awarded the Chimera. But if you've watched Rebels, it sets up the uh, the governor going to jail and the governor Price taking over 
It explains why she's like this weird kung fu fighter. It's really good. It's I the Thrawn like thread was a little loose for me in Rebels. I didn't really get it, and this comic like tied the show in together very very well. I was very pleased. So I have some comics I'll bring over the next time we record that you'll like. They're all Star Wars comics. Okay. If you like reading them, I'll try, but I'm not good at reading comics. It's the uh, whole dyslexia, dysgraphia thing. Yeah. It's got pictures you can look at. That's the problem. Because it's hard for me to go like across the page and follow oh. like the panels. See, I end up just... That's where my dyslexia is better. I am better with comic books than real books. I get lost in the comic. Because I can put together what's going on in the text block by the picture. So I can... If I even if I mess up words inside of the text box, I understand what's going on in the whole picture, kind of thing. I'm excited that you like Armada. It's a good game. I really like it. Uh, I'm waiting for the next time I can get a game in because I have so many more things. I didn't understand when I walked in playing against Ryan that you do not have to have an upgrade for every upgrade in there. No, my first game of Armada was probably not the best first game to do. Um, we played, I played with a guy that used to go to Paint and Dine, who was a really great guy, um, but didn't know Armada as well as he thought he knew the game, because he had only ever played against his wife. Um, but I, I played with him, and he, like, showed me the ropes, and we played a 700-point game. For your first game? Yeah, it was great. We played 300. <laughs> <coughs> the nice thing about it being, excuse me, 700 points, was every ship I owned, I got to use. So I got to, like, specifically, this is what this does. This is what this does. And then he, his wife had it for one Christmas, apparently, just bought him all the armada that existed in the world. So he had everything. And he was able to be like, yeah, my guys have grit. That means they do this. My guys have rogue. That means they do this. And I was able to experience a lot of the special rules. Yeah. Which, which then let me turn around and know what I needed to buy to build my fleet. Because what happened with our motto is we have a member of the community um, that has a habit of buying games and then getting tired of them, or deciding he doesn't like them, and then he finds a willing victim, and he's like, oh, by the way, here's a game. And he did that with Armada to me. So I was like, well, yeah, I guess I have an Imperial and a Rebel fleet. Because all I did was buy a profundity, and I was up to 600, 700 yeah. points. I think if I think the only thing that would have helped the game out is maybe if Ryan would have used his Imperial instead of trying to also understand all the new... Ryan's Imperial is pretty good. Yeah, but it, it's... I know where it comes from. He also would have... Well, well, I also know where it <laughs> came from, but... I think he knows his Imperial better than the Republic because yeah. they the Republic just came out where yeah. we were both playing with brand new factions, mm -hmm. some brand new rules. And the Acclimator does not fight like anything in the Imperial Navy. It's the no. closest I would say is like the Gladiator, which he doesn't own. No, and my fighters are really good. Oh yeah, droid yeah. fighters shoot uh, have better dice. Uh, they're super cheap. Uh, the Rebel fighters are the Republic fighters are all bad. No, they just have more wounds. But yeah, but if you look at them and you're like, I'm going to take some AOC 170s, and then you're like, but what am I going to actually use them for? All right, I'll take some V-Wing Torrents. Um, 
mine, even the basic unit of yeah. basic vulture droids, can strip shields at War Hall. It is. It, it was pretty impressive. I love. <sighs> All right. I know, Ricky. I know you're excited about Armada. Ricky fell asleep. Ricky, wake up. What? Oh, okay, cool. Um, let's move into what I'd like to talk about tonight, and before we close out. So this this 2020 has been a weird fucking year. It definitely has. And gaming kind of suffered this year. That being said, I've been more active in gaming this year and experiencing new games and trying new things out. And I think the three of us have. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, agree. I, I think we should list off some games and give our top suggestions for people that might be interested in. And the games that I want to list off are 40k 9th edition, Age of Sigmar, um, Star Wars Armada, Star Wars Legion, Infinity, Song of Ice and Fire. Is that list okay? How do you want to rank them? One through whatever, A through F. I think we could have categories in there, because those games don't necessarily fall into neat brackets. Alright, so let's do two lists. How about we do our, each one of us... How about we rate them on two categories? We'll rate them on just... This is something we probably could have worked out beforehand, but I'm thinking probably... Cause Price two, point, and then well, I think overall we, fun. I think we could push them into barrier to entry... Barrier to entry wants. is better than price point. Yes. Because cost is definitely part of barrier to entry. But also availability. Yes. Yeah, and, and then the other one would probably be nuance, because I think those games move on a sweeping spectrum pretty close there. And these okay. are going to be our 2020, like, suggestions. And uh, you guys want to do a 1 to 10 scale, 1 to 5 scale? 1 to 10. 1 to 10. All right. All right. Ready? First game. First game, Star Wars Armada. The look of abject horror All on right. Ricky's face. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't make cricket noises with my hand. Let, <laughs> trying. Let's do this because we're going to... We need to get a soundboard. Brian yeah. and I can bust <laughs> this out of the park pretty quick. I'd give it a four, and a, a four for playability and a three for availability. You mean barrier entry? Barrier and entry. So wait, uh, do that one more time? Four for playability. Yep. Three for barrier to entry. Okay. So I'm going to break this up into two. Two things. Barrier to entry for the older version of the game, Star, uh, Rebels and uh, Empire. I'm going to say barrier to entry is lower. So I'll say three. I'm not going to go dramatically. but And then playability uh, for those is going to be the base number. I think it's five. Okay. And then... The only one that I think is different is the new generation's Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Barrier entry is, I think it's closer to five. Okay. Because it's an, a full starter. And five is good. Yeah, five is good. Because okay. it's a full starter for your $90 instead of the original starter that had two different factions. So you had to buy a lot more also, to get into it. if you're going to play Star Wars Armada, they're selling the upgrade card pack. Fucking buy it. It's a must buy for anyone. First, get your toe in, buy your ships that you want, like one uh, one to two ships, but then you're getting the up- upgrade pack. So the, the upgrade pack is like the upgrade pack for Legion? Yeah. Except it's 100 times better. Yeah. It's multiple copies of every upgrade in the game, not just some. So multiple ships can have the same upgrades. And, and it includes all the ships, too. Yeah, it's all the ship everything. name upgrades. They just redid everything and put it in a box. And they all standardize the size of cards. 
Yeah, so it's all the standard American size rather than the... Yeah. All right. Ricky's got no answer for this one. Second game. I'm speaking for him. Second game. Ninth edition. Ninth edition. Okay, so I'll, I'll lean in on this one. I'm going to say, in terms of uh, barrier to entry, while it's lower than probably every other edition of 40K rather than 8th edition, I'm still going to say... Probably only a, the best I can give it. it all right, we'll we'll give Eighth Edition a, a three, which is a really low rating for barrier to entry, and we're gonna give Ninth Edition a two. I I agree for barrier to entry two on Ninth Edition. Two out of ten. Now, let's talk about Ninth Edition for a moment. Uh, so I'm gonna be in terms of really. Well, I didn't even finish giving mine yet. That was no. just... Well, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna be harsh on Ninth Edition, and Same. that might not be fair. Barrier to entry one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that might be true. I'll explain. My, the issue that all of my things for 9th edition is going to be super jaded simply because I really haven't been able to play. And I have no interest in playing right now. If tournaments start back up, that might that switch might flip. Yes. So my opinions, as harsh as I sound right now, might not be accurate. However, i got to give it back in terms of barrier to entry. Like I said, I'm, I'm giving it a 2. Um, but... Uh... In terms of the, the nuance of the play that the game offers, in terms of it, and I'm going to say this effectively offers, there's very few gray areas in 9th edition. They cleaned a lot of that up. They offered a, a lot of in-depth and a lot of nuance. I would probably have to give it an 8 out of 10 in terms of once you're in, the, once you're in there, once, but, you've, once you've cleared this mountain-high hurdle. But we're doing a scale of 5. I said 10, and you guys are like, yeah, 10. Yeah, it is 10. Oh. You just said, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Brian, it's that's, unrecorded. That's why I said I was also going to be very harsh when I said a barrier entry is one. Yeah, that's, that's giving these really low numbers. So, yeah, I, I, I'd I say it's either an 8 or a 9 out of 10. And I've, I've played a lot more games than Brian has. But as, as FAQs roll in, I think that this could be the one that I, the, it's just it's really good. So... They've cleaned up all the gray areas of 8th, and they did it without a million FAQs. Okay, so barrier entry, if you don't mind. Right? Sean? Yeah, go ahead. Why I said 1 is, I'm gonna, I can break it down to 2. You have specific rules to the game. Then you have army rules to the game. And then you have opponent's rules to the game. Right? There's three yeah. levels that you sh- that all, normally should know. Yeah, that all change. That all change all continuously. FAQs come out usually a month after the book your book released. Unless you're a space flare and you get it day one. Yeah. And I don't think that happened at ninth. And barrier entry for most armies, you need everything. You need you need most of that you army need $500 faction. $500 worth of models to play in your first tournament. Yeah. Effectively. Yes. Your first and that's tournament, why I well. think barrier entry actually drops yeah. dramatically need- compared to some of the games we're talking about. Yep. And then and then another hundred books. Yep, agreed. Because a lot of a lot of tabletop games, money is usually not the first thing everyone talks about because money we understand this is a hobby, a luxury hobby, luxury hobby. Yeah. It is you're already talking your five hundred dollars is normal, but some forty k stuff depending on your pick, you're talking up to a thousand. Yeah, and that's that also too when you're new at it. You're not that would be if you were. I should probably restate, you know, that, that $500, that's if you're an experienced player who's picking up a new army to take to a tournament and you already know what's good. 
Yep. If you're learning and feeling out an army, it's you're skyrocketing over a grand. Easily. And then you're also build and paint yourself. Yes, build and paint yourself is huge. Uh, the way I explain it to people who don't war game, it's kind of like imagine if you were buying a new car and you walked into the showroom and there was a, you know, brand new Toyota Camry, and it was you know twenty eight thousand dollars, and then they were the salesman was like, but wait. For $40,000, we can give you all the shit in crates unpainted. You can build it yourself. That sounds like a great deal. That's it. That's how we react as wargamers. Yes. We're like, wait, all this labor that's been done for me here in every other circumstance, I can do myself and pay more? So other than barrier to entry, what's your number? Huh? Eight bordering on a nine. I gotta say, I like the mechanics. So I like it. It's fluid. It's good. There's very few gray areas. I'm gonna differentiate from the both of you i think the barrier to entry is about a three being with the factions that are currently available that have been updated fully to ninth edition rules if you're playing necrons or vanilla space marines you have a plethora of options of starting sets okay you also have combat patrol which is more expensive than a collecting kit but contains everything you need and since it's most of the combat patrols are space marines, if the one for your specific faction doesn't work for you, look at another one. Um, for playability, though, I'm going to drop to a 7. It's better than 8th. But if you actually boil down most of their scenarios for match play in 9th edition, you've got like 3 scenarios. So the game gets flat quickly you're going to take the same secondaries over and over again and you're going to end up playing the same mission I, that I, I has countered that by saying that you know the way you built your army matters it does and that could change as the edition goes on and we get yeah. more when we might get more missions so you yes, know i think if secondaries were hot more if there are more secondaries yep because it change a lot a lot of the secondaries if you look at it it's the same thing printed differently now the smaller table size, I'm not a fan of. I stick with a 4 by 6 Everybody's like, I well, agree. now melee armies have a chance, and the melee armies have as much chance as they had before. You can still get shot from across the table yeah. and going off the table. It makes it it's easier. It's just about deployment. Everyone thinks that, and we also, go- too, shooting armies, now that the heavy rule has changed, shooting armies aren't stationary anymore, so it's... Yeah. They well, can fight you. And we- also, all those mid-range weapons, now they're in range. Yes. Yeah, we can go into the... Uh, we talked about this way uh, quite a while ago, but Brian and I's uh, Dark Angels versus Harlequins. I brought a pretty cl- close combat, close shooting range army, and it did... Like, I won off objectives, but it was... Yeah, I shot you to pieces. Yeah, I was losing stuff left and right. So shooting is still easy. Okay, so before we jump fully into... Before we jump into 40k, I think it suffice to say... It's a tough hurdle to get over. Yep. But it is a full world on the other side eight. of that rabbit hole. I would say this eight. game you could play forever. My, I would agree with I, I like eight as a so playing. It's, it's, so it's, it's still a, fun. I love playing it. It's Yeah. No. I know we've been down going down through a rabbit hole the last few episodes talking about other games. I, I, but, I think that if I get a chance to play yeah. and I, if I get to play in tournaments, I think I will love it much more. Yeah. But so, playing against like Sean every time or you every time, it's just a nose grind. So, yeah. So we have, so we have a, <laughs> we have a one to two for barrier to entry on forty k ninth edition, with and a three, a seven to nine, on 
Yeah, seven to nine. Yeah, into playing. And playability, which, you know, okay, if you're willing to spend a lot of money, fantastic, and invest your time. And, and it's a next, ma- massive community that you can bounce stuff off of. Yes, right that too. Like, right. out there for games, you can find a lot yeah, to there, learn there, about it. So There that is no can, LVO for Star Wars Legion. You can work your way into that barrier to entry. Yet. Star Wars Legion is my next one that I was going to go with. All right. Brian stars off. So Legion went through a lot of growing pains, we'll say. Growing pains this year. Like more than like the when the game started, I really liked Legion. I bought everything that came out when the game was released for Galactic Civil War and was super excited. And then I realized the pro the air quotes problem with Legion, which was your army lists were super, super limited because you had to have three troop choices in an eight hundred point list. You were playing the same list over and over and over again as a droid player 100 percent, yes now that like with the new with the clone wars it's a little bit better but they're not fixed yet but the republic and uh, the rebels and the imperials have enough core troop choices and enough support units that the games could you can very rarely if you're not playing against the meta because the meta is a completely different barrel of fish yeah um you could see a lot of different armies and have a lot of fun. So I, um, also the nice thing about Star Wars Legion, every expansion is between fifteen and thirty dollars, unless you get into the train. The train's a little bit more expensive, or the tanks, or the tanks, and the tanks are a little bit more expensive. But yeah, but you can't run a lot of them. Yep, normally it's one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say barrier to entry for Star Wars Legion for good on a scale of good is eight to nine my problem with it keeping it at eight to nine is they had a lot of availability availability problems now with them switching over to asthma day those availability problems seem to be getting fixed you're already seeing units that were basically made out of unobtainium that if you didn't get when they were released you weren't going to see again they're coming back also brian is currently speaking in a store employee speak that is a vendor issue you could want you could want something and have a million dollars with which to get it and not be able to get it. Which is true. Um, and the um, uh, So, barrier to entry, I'm going to give it a 7 to 8, be just because those models were so hard to get. Now they're back, it's probably less. Um, and playability, Star Wars Legion is a complicated game. The nice thing about Star Wars Legion is they every time they add a new mechanic, they update the whole rule suite. And it's for free. You just go download the PDF and print it out. Um, there's been some changes over the over the COVID break that has made the game a little bit more complicated and made the game a little bit more simple. I'm gonna give a solid five. It's not the hardest game in the. It's not a hard game to learn. It's a difficult game to master. Uh, yeah, I I think I, I'm not gonna be too far away from Brian on this one. I'm. I would say I would say barrier barrier to entry. Uh, the thing is, think about I'm gonna do a little bit lower than Brian on barrier to entry. I'm gonna give it like a four, because here's the thing about with Star Wars Legion the barrier to entry. If you have a 40k starter set, why 40k barrier to entry is so high for all? If you have a 40k starter set, you can't actually play a game. If you have a Legion starter set, you can. No. So, so then you want to be high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said I, four. Oh, oh I, yeah, okay, yeah, sorry about that. So I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there, Ricky, because you cannot get a full game out of that. 
because you do not have your three core. Right. You uh, actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Cause I, all right, so I'm, I'm a bit uh, backward you, on this because uh, Sean and I split starter sets. So when yes. we started, we both had two starters. I withdraw what I previously said. I forgot about that. I think you need, only... two starter, you need a starter set in one unit, yes. one box. So the barrier entry I will keep high with Brian's, what, you said seven? Seven to eight. Seven to eight. I would keep that there because, like Brian said, buy a box, buy the start, you buy the star box, and then you buy another troop or a core, and you're good. You have a active. Oh, there's also. I love you, but Ricky never got to finish his point. It's actually good that Sean interrupted me there, though, because I, I actually have to amend that a little more too. Um, You're a rude, ungrateful friend. So yeah, I, right. I, I will edit everything you said out. <laughs> Tyranny. It's All literally right. just gonna be this entire podcast is just gonna be Sean like going on to some like long diatribe about something Brian hates, and Brian going yes, yes, in the same exact inflection, in the same the power exact... <laughs> of editing. That's, that's funny because I'm the proofreader and I can just delete everything and make my own anyways. Also, at the end of the day. We'll go back but to the last episode and just ruin what we were talking about. The amount of time I spent to completely edit a large conversation that you two had, only for you to reference it eight other times in the rest <laughs> of the podcast, where I had to go back and enter the conversation back in. That's why, listeners, that the whole thing about exorcisms and chickens and all that was still left in episode 7 was because these two wouldn't stop referencing it the rest of the episode. I don't even know what he's talking about. You, it was fantastic. It you was all claim good. that Ricky's family taught him how to do exorcisms. On chickens. On chicken, like chicken slaughtering and all this other stuff. And then you guys would not drop it the rest of the episode. So it was in there. I was, I literally, like, I had conversations with Meredith. I was like, these two won't shut up about this. <laughs> Continuously. It was like five minutes later, one of you would drop, yep, but I didn't slaughter that chicken. Or, you're Catholic, so you know this. And I'm just like, gosh, shut up. I could have this clean, no one needs to know that you guys accuse each other of this. And then, nope, they wouldn't leave it go. So that's why you heard it. Ricky, tell me about Legion. Go. Okay, so I'm going to say it's a solid seven. Cause there's a, Nobody expects else. the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> the thing that I actually forgot about, which only came up to my... It only came up really in my first game of Legion ever after that it cleaned up, was I did not have enough suppression tokens. Exactly. That is one thing that <laughs> Brian, I had to... Brian had to lend me like 30 suppression tokens in our first game. And it's... <laughs> droids they don't die off that quickly and i don't have enough suppression tokens as well it's, it's the one token that they don't put that much in the box and brian's just like if you just come to one of our events we can just give you them and then you had to re and then okay this is going to touch on this is going to trigger sean here so I, i'm going to say first that i believe it's a solid seven in terms of nuance and stuff because the jedi add an interesting dimension to it I very believe. interesting very interesting except anakin sucks yeah fuck him syndrolling are you listening, Fantasy Flight? Uh, <laughs> really? You think they're listening to us? Do you not remember the conversation I just had about you guys slaughtering chickens last episode? Okay, and uh, that's the big fans of that stuff, Fantasy Flight. Got it. <laughs> that's how they try to get... Yeah, Alcum Horror that's how they try to flagship product. <laughs> that's true. 
Sean, chicken entrails is how they predict what they're going to need in stock, which is why everything is always wrong. Uh, it's right off of an internal memo. Uh, but, okay, so I'm going to say that, yeah, I'll give it that number of playability because I'm about to trigger Sean here and he's about to go off on a tangent, probably. Third time in a row. The barrier to entry is also high because you need to sometimes, just with stuff that will come up in your first game, you will need to re-roll the proprietary dice that you do not have enough of. Oh, I've got so many dice. Well, now I do too. But you only I, have, in the I bought, starter set, you only have like three defense dice. I bought two packs and then got another starter set. <laughs> Go for Troy. We're here for you, Sean. We're here for you. All right, barrier to entry. Um, I'm getting over my proprietary dice. We've heard it before. I'm not going to go into it now. Proprietary dice only suck because if you feel like they're bad and they're not great, you can't go out and buy a custom to yourself. Oh, well. I mean, you can. It's called Etsy. Yeah, you can go on Etsy, and I'm already doing that for Armada because there's clear ones. <laughs> they're cool. Everyone will hate you. I have issues. Everyone will hate you if you buy clear dice. No, no, no. They're the same color, but they're translucent. Okay. They're... I use clear dice, and nobody's ever said a word. Barrier to entry. Yours are clear with black dice or clear with Smoked. black? Smoked. Barrier to entry, okay, so a clear. seven. Yeah. Okay, guys, great. I, cool. I talked to you guys. You talked to me. I got it. All right, we're level. So barrier of entry, 26. Barrier to entry, Sean. Barrier to entry, 26. seven. 26. 26. Barrier to entry, seven. I think it's still a very easy game to get into because the starter box has two core units, plus you only need one more box to have another core unit, and... Like Brian said, the boxes are still only like the $24 to uh, $40 range, depending on what you want. So it's actually pretty cheap to get into a game. An important thing to remember with Star Wars Legion is, or any Fantasy Flight game, in my experience, pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Yes. So we did run into that in the summer because a bunch of stuff were going out. And yes, there's still COVID, so that also affected it. But Fancy Flight also is known to have stuff. Yeah, so and stay there. Um, so I do. I think we've hit the the, the mediocrity here because that gives us what each. That's a five to seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Leading toward the higher end of the spectrum. The on this one. only issue why I wouldn't put buried entry higher because it is for most games that is very quick into it. The only reason why it's not higher is because you have unless you want both factions. You, you need to split. What about gameplay? Gameplay. So I struggled when I started with Legion. Super nuance. Super nuance. And it's not Not that, quite infinity. It is, but yeah, the movement but, templates make the... The movement and the shooting templates do clean up a little. Yes. What I ran into is starting out is that the droid box starting was very under compared to everyone from Rebels... And Imperials so, already having a ton of stuff. So, what happened to General Grievous in your first game? Tangent, but it's... it's a, Got wrecked. By who? Wrecked. I don't remember the person's name. A little girl? Yeah. With, with a baton? Yes. With a baton twirling? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Jyn Erso wrecked General Grievous. Yeah. And melee combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think that's kind of what it came down to, is I continuously had feel-bads. I had poor yep. games continuously one after another 
Oh, because you fought an ATST too. <laughs> yeah. In o- in open terrain, because the game doesn't really tell you how much terrain you need. Yeah, you kind of got to figure it out. For those who are listening, 40k levels of terrain. Yes. Yeah. 100%. If they sell like three barricades with Legion. That is if, the dumbest thing in the universe. If yeah, you're like me. Because cover is super important. Yeah. If you lo- in elevation. Yes, yes. It all matters. If you're yeah. like me, starting out playing droids, you didn't have any long range stuff. You were stuck, yeah. foot slugging it across I, the table, I, and I was shot off the table every time. I, I ripped him so apart with Rebel Commandos and Rebel Pathfinders. And with, with that, roughly a year after clones the Clone Wars versus CIS dropped. I would say the playability is up there to a uh, 6 or a 7. Yeah. It's still it. nuanced, and you still got to understand alternating activations, which is huge. Yep. Which is, for 40k players, is rough. And doing a, it's a completely different way of thinking. And do a bid-in with the cards. Yep. Yeah, which is important. But it, it, it is... It's actually a lot of fun. Easily graspable, though. Yeah, it's very easily graspable. It's, it's, as far as, like, gambling systems go, that one's really good. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. Lando's going to make everything difficult. So, next game. Uh, next game, let's go with AOS. All right, Ricky, you can take a seat. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is important. Actually, yeah, because Ricky, Ricky first. even if he doesn't like the game, understands I do. uh, how Games Workshop works. Let's go, Ricky, you first. Okay, so... I'm not going to have kind of things here to say about AOS because I'm going to put its barrier to entry at A3 because it is, I believe it is a slightly, it is just as expensive as 40k to get into. However, the rules are slightly easier to grasp. So I'm going to give it a slightly higher rate, slightly higher barrier to entry. However, and this might just be me, they know what I'm going to talk about is the random initiative. In terms of playability, I'm only going to give it a four. Okay, well, you wonder what? That's a fair assessment. Uh, I'd say that's. I for... I will say for Sigmar. I'll get to my opinion. I'm gonna go right into my opinion. Fuck Sean. <laughs> I just want to say um, one thing. Way to make no, us go Brian. counterclockwise it, now, Brian. Suck Brian. a dick, Sean. I just want to say one thing. Rick, like for Ricky saying that, that's very fair. Yeah, it's a very fair um, opinion. Uh, what I'm gonna go with is I'm gonna rate the barrier of entry about a five. It's an expensive GW game. That's completely honest. However, there's been so many box sets that have come out that you can split and get a fieldable army. Or even you can play a game with the most 90% of the start collectings for Sigmar. Like, you're not going to play a big game. You're not going to play a super nuanced, super interesting game. But you can play a fair game that gives you a basic grasp of the game concepts for a smaller amount of money than it takes for 40k gameplay i'm gonna give a three because it's on when you skim the rules the game is super simple and you're like i fucking got this no fucking problem and then you come to the table and you're ready to play and then your opponent's like, what battle plan are we using? And you're like, what the fuck is a battle plan? Is, but is that a ba- is that more of a barrier to entry? I guess that's a barrier to or entry. Or a play. It's, it's and, a little and bit that's why I want to throw in your court, because... Sigmar's, a, it's a little of both, because it's the way you play. It's understanding the scenarios and understanding 
because of the random initiative, you think this is a joke game. You know, I'm not going to take this seriously. And then you're like, no, I got to think about this random initiative. And how am I going to manipulate it? Do I go first and then risk being double turned? Or do I go second and gamble on getting a double turn? And there's a lot of back and forth that you don't, like, get into until you get into the gameplay. Because when you look at the top, you look at the cream. Game's fairly simple. It's almost stupid level simple. And then once you dip below the surface, it's, holy fuck, I'm out of my depth. So, I think you guys were expecting me to go both barrier entry, great, barrier uh, playing, great. No, I wasn't. I was wanting to... Barrier to entry, I actually think, is three. I think it is actually... Barrier entry for Age of Sigmar is very low. I guess they put out great starters that are norm normally, not all, are better than any 40 thing that 40k puts out. Agreed. And I think the battle forces that come out every year are way better. Oh, bonkers. Bonkers good. For compared Sigmars. to 40k. Yeah, yeah. Because, it, like, like, getting into a game with those, way better. But that's a once-a-year thing. Yep. And only four and boxes compared to the limited. six from... Yep. 40k. Yep. Why barrier entry is so low is almost every army has some type of swarm aspect to it. You are playing with large amounts of units. Right, but if you just choose to play a thousand point game, yes. which Sigma is perfectly good at a thousand points, mm -hmm. you don't need as many. But tournament play, let's say people are out here trying to play tournament. What are you it, shooting for tournament level? 2,000. 2,000, not 24? No, no, 2,000. Okay. 2,000 yeah. is your base level for, uh, is your standard for a tournament. Then you're getting into you're the talking of the game. into 40k style of knowing what other people's armies do, yep. Because their rules more so are more interactive of entirety of the board. Yep, more so. There and is way more ors. There are way more, uh, sorry, not ors. Areas of effect. Yep. I know they're called ors, but areas of effect plus the magic level in the game completely changes compared to what the psychic phases in 40k well even army to army yes um the other thing is where ninth edition is a little bit of hero hammer eighth edition was was hero hammer aos your is. army is built on the characters you bring yes. if you don't take the right characters or you don't take the right synergies you're gonna have a bad time and in I'm not saying that any of us in our area, because it's not played that much, are any experts. There are way better YouTubers out there that know, like how in depth AOS can get. Yeah, the, the barrier entry is low, and it's also, I don't think there's any army that's less than six hundred or more dollars. Slaves to darkness. I don't know. And a Lumineth. At the moment. True. True. I I think I think. Age of Sigma. It seems like more of a line limitation than an actual. Well, no, Lumineth is a very well developed line. Uh, Slaves to Darkness less so because they focus so much more on. So it used to be everything was Chaos Undivided, and then you had like your Plague Marine special unit. Now they've really focused on the other gods and not so much on the Undivided. So play, play style. I think play, for me, is up there with. Uh, I hate to keep putting stuff at the same number. I want to say in between six and seven. Okay. Age of Sigmar is one of, like, my favorite game, right? My favorite mm -hmm. tabletop game. And A Song of Ice and Fire 
and Armada are really starting to spike up there and try and fight for that number one spot. But the only reason why Age of Sigmar is my top is because I love the fantasy emblem of the game. I like the aesthetic. That's it. Like, if I didn't have the aesthetic in there, I feel like my number of play would be a lot lower because there is so much nuance. Okay. You cannot step into Age of Sigmar. I'll give you that. So dive. And then if I listed other games, I'm sorry, but we're going to go with what I remember as being our last choice. Uh, And the rest of you can... There's Infinity, Armada, and... We talked about Armada, We talked about, yeah, so Infinity. Oh, jeez. Infinity... This will be a quick (sighs) one. Yeah. Infinity's a low barrier to entry. Even if you have to buy everything, you're only out 300 bucks at the most. <laughs> you own multiple armies. No, no, I'm talking one army. I've priced the entire model range out, and it's not 300. Oh, well, I think you're. I think it's, it's no 40k in terms of expenses. In terms of the expense of buying the game, it's not 40k. We'll yeah, just say that. But the no. rules. That's the most difficult convoluted rule system i've ever played when you play it it runs well but you need to understand before every, every rule yep. every rule every keyword there's nothing you can slip buried by. entry is so high in this game yeah but it's for it's for different reasons than 40 yes the Sigmar. playing the game is rewarding and so fun. much fun yeah it's so reactive and you're so tuned into the other person you're playing with that I love playing Infinity. I don't like learning Infinity or list building for Infinity. But when I sit down on a table and I've got everything down, the tables are beautiful, playing with somebody else, as long as they're not a dick bag, is great. I have numbers for it. I Go for say it. say barrier to entry, three similar to Sigmar, but for different reasons. Very yep. different reasons. Very different reasons. However, in terms of gameplay, I would give Infinity an eight. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Even in my limited experience, Infinity is so... Once you're actually to the table... Barrier Entry is... When you've gotten to the table. Barrier Entry is a four to me. And if you are playing in a game store, it's a four. If you are playing with a group of friends at your house, and it's just going to be like the guys net out every time they come over, it's going to drop to a two. Yeah. Yep. Because of the amount of, like, in between four people, if only one house is going to have a terrain, then it's a little bit, it can go back up to a four. Terrain heavy is so hard to do. It Because MDF, t- like, a full MDF table, you're talking over $100. And that's not, there's, we're not talking about how much a mat is. Yeah. We're going to say most gamers probably might have a mat at their place. Or at least a just kitchen table to play. You could tape off what you need to play for zones. It's four by four. That's easy. Terrain heavy, or the game is completely different. It's not the yeah. game of Infinity. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna agree with Ricky on his. I but I don't disagree with yours. Playstyle, right. I think it's like you said, super rewarding. I would put it up there in the sevens. Cool. All right. It's a sli- so it's still a very very solid game for an advanced war gamer. I'd say. It, I it's I yeah. think it's not something it's, you tow in on. No. You start with something else. You really like games and then you take it to the next notch and that's infinity yeah all right and then for the last game which i believe is going to be our sweetheart for 2020 i think so song of ice and fire we only started playing towards like the very end yes we only three weeks but let's write our love note right here i gotta say in terms of barrier to entry 
but this is the best. It is the lowest barrier to entry. I I I want to say barrier to entry because I don't see anyone doing barrier to entry better. This is almost like buying a chess set and being able to play chess. I Pretty hate much. to give something a ten when it's a ten, but it's a ten. Yeah, it's, it's a, ten. a barrier to entry. It's a ten. Hundred percent. It uses two D terrain, which I'm not thrilled with two D terrain. But if it comes in the effing box, along it's with the there. only measuring stick you need. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, everything you buy. If you buy a starter kit, unpack the starter kit. The models are already built, and they'll they're, fit they're, Oh, in that's the another box. thing too. Uh, every every other game we mentioned, with the exception of Armada, has building and painting. Yeah. Also, um, what Sean just said, you've got your storage in the box. Yeah, it's 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 your carrying case. You're ready to play right then and there. Uh, Obviously, extra units, you full, need to figure out how you're going to store it. But but full rule set and everything, It's in terms of barrier to entry, you, you can play this the day you buy it. Well. We didn't... Sorry to cut you off. Right 24 here. pages, 26 pages in the rule book? Yeah, and that includes all your scenarios. And Extensive. You, there's very little gray area. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about apps because pretty much all of these games have an app that goes with it. If it's not, Battle Scribes probably got it. Yeah, backstop with Battle Scribes. But a bunch of these companies do their full rules updates. The company for this has a great app for it. We're not going to use that too much on it, but it makes it very easy as well for your updated rules. Just being able to go into a game store... Ricky buys a box. I buy a box. We go downstairs. Now, this is not 2020 talk, but we go downstairs. We can start playing that game right away. Yes. Models are on the table. Dice, every dice you need is in the box. Every token you need in the box. You can play it. And once you're on this the table playing, you have not only a regular tabletop war game, you're going to start interacting with a deck of cards. And the Texas board, which is really what sells the game. That play value is so high because it doesn't always feel like you're just playing one game. The first few games are fun, learning the deck, learning playing with your deck. That whole trap card experience of Yu-Gi-Oh, the whole reference that Ricky and Brian had for their first game. Yep, the, um, it's, so, normally when you sit down and you play a war game, you've got your objectives. And you know what you're going to do, and that's how you play. And, like, 40K touched on it a little bit. It's like, haha, here's my stratagem. But you had to pay for the stratagem. Yeah, and your opponent knows all the stratagems you have. Yeah, in Song of Ice and Fire, it's a random draw. And if you've built your tactics deck correctly, you're not Baratheon. You've got good shit. Also, let's take it a step further. The game comes with unit cards. So, gone are the days with this game, or like, where you have a giant book that comes with it, or, yeah. or you have to buy a separate book to have all your rules because you don't have it memorized yet. You have a little card that goes on the side of the board that you have your unit stats, and it's right there. It's also right there in the app. Same kind of form factor for the information. So if you're going back and forth between the two, there is almost no difference. And, and how that's about super important? How about that the starters come with roughly thirty points? Which is only 10 under the max limit for the game. Uh, that's the main limit for the game. The yeah, main, you, sorry, no, main limit, not you max. You can go limit. much higher. There's so your rules standard for going is high. 40 points. There are rules to go higher. So, so that would get complicated. I, I, I'd be willing to try it. You just add more terrain and make the table bigger. 
You yeah. go to the four by six and more terrain. Yeah, I but do. I, I feel like um, Ryan and I played a sixty point game. If you get if you ended up right with a in a large scale engagement, but I went on the left and you went on the right, then we each have two units left who don't have enough time to reach each other. Yeah, I think four four player was like two v two would still be on a four by four with eighty point full list. I would still go on a four by six. You just end up fighting the battles in different parts of the board. It makes it more realistic. Because well, rarely is ever a battle just like, you know, this one stand of trees. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about playability. You've heard us gush over it the last two episodes. It is a great game. It's got pretty much everything you want in a tabletop game. It's maintained by the company, actively maintained. Um, they look at things, they edit, they fix things, they fix data sheets, they release new units. They're involved in the gameplay portion of the game, which is huge. Not all the companies are. Not I mean, like a certain company that will not go mention that used to claim it was a model company and you could use their models to play a game. Yep. Yeah, they really <laughs> they really go out of their way to give you the best experience you possibly mm-hmm. can. And then it's also a rank-and-flank game. So everything's on trays. You're not buying the trays separate. Yep, the trays come with it. Trays come with it. And for a new player, like if a brand new player is picking up a tabletop game, movement trays are going to be easier than individual models. Now, it is... It, there's nuance to it. There's nuance to it. I don't want to say it's Hero Hammer, but your characters do make a very big difference in the way you play the game. It's not a character who's going to win you a game, or it's unlikely that a character is going to win you a game. They affect it in the way of their cards, not on the battlefield. You are not putting down... I'm not putting down Gilliman that is going to come across the table and cut down... Abaddon, Gilliman, Azrael, Silent King. The thing is, when 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 you're in the realm of wargaming, though, is there a game in which the characters are less significant than this? And I don't, I don't think there is. No, no, because Legion, it's Jedi's. still so swingy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jedi, a Jedi, in our, when we played, my first game, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, wrecked. It's just him being there made an entire difference. A Smash yeah. Captain in 40k, all the difference. Uh, Asriel. Huh? Asriel. A- Asriel. He, he, he linchpins the, for the entire, most of the 8th edition, prior to the new Codex stuff being released, Asriel linchpinned your entire... Mortarian. Mortarian. Yeah. Mortarian at Mort- the beginning of 8th. Typhus. Uh, yeah. Typhus a little less so, but... Yeah, we've already... And we already talked about in Sigmar that your characters basically are your army. Yep. I, I So I would have to push back against the hero hammer thing with the fact that, you know, the characters Infinity. are significant, but Inf- compared to what? Uh, I'm not... You have a faction that the hero... Like, your heroes aren't always needed to take. True. I will say that. Because there are ones that just dropped for, uh, yes, it's less so, a named character, mm-hmm. because it's just based on models, but a lot of the named characters are pretty good. Okay. I think the <laughs> less so of, like, the dynamics of how 40k is and mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar, but yes, I'd agree. A Song of Ice and Fire is still a top. If you take a bad commander... It's really not the end of the world if you can play everything else out. Yeah, well, and if you have a good tactics deck. Like, if you have core faction tactics on their own are good, it doesn't matter. 
Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to complain because while we stand, while we fight, and Stag's Wit are not the greatest cards. Ours is the Fury. Ours is the Fury is phenomenal. Um, and Baratheon really gets their, their tactics from their commanders. Um, but, yeah. I think that might be a uniquely Baratheon problem. Oh, I believe it is. Because I think they're the only one that, that splits Stannis Renly like that. And it's not really a problem problem. It's just a... It is a problem when you uh, take Davos as your commander, Davos Seaworth, and have to drop a... Ours is the Fury. You just don't get it anymore. And then you're like, oh, you made us lose our single greatest generic tactic. But you get flea-bottom tricks. Which is really good. <clears throat> When that unit of, you know, well, up new stag knights just comes walking across the table because they got a free move before they activated, and then they got to add an extra inch to their movement, it's going to be a bad day on turn two. And then they successfully charge. Yup. Yeah. So, I think you've heard it. Gameplay, I guess, nine, if we don't want to be those people who do ten out of ten. Oh, it's ten out of ten. Okay, ten it's out, out of ten. Barrier to entry. That is from a and that is from a Warhammer Fantasy player. Yeah, this is better than Warhammer Fantasy. I enjoy it more. Barrier to entry is still. I don't think barrier to entry will ever be ten out of ten. No, it's not a like board game. You're not buying it, and that's it. It's like an eight. But yeah. it, it's it's up there. It's at the best it can be for a tabletop game. I'll say that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Hundred percent. So we have it at a basically a nine and a nine to ten out of ten in both categories. It is the darling of twenty twenty. At least for us. And we are always right. Mostly. We are what matters. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Yes. It's so, only it's only if you read the comments section that other people's opinions come up. We would have to have a comment first. Huh? Leave a comment. Let us know your opinion. Yeah. If you disagree, comment. Let us know. Yeah. I'll what? answer your comments. Brian, specifically, no. I'll at least read them. Brian cares. <laughs> a heart the size of a walrus. All right. All right, so... Ricky. Oh, do you want to do it? No. Nah. We, we have a few weeks, right? Yeah, we've We're got a few weeks. We're going to take a break. We're probably going to be on and off with so content. I was, I was going to say, we're not going to make any hobby promises. Ooh. We're not. Because we don't know where we're going to be or what's going on. That's fair. Coming into the busiest two weeks of the year. We will be back in January with Season 2. Um, don't know where we're, what we're starting with, what we're going with, but it'll be interesting. We'll probably still be, you know, Pipe singing the praises. <laughs> <laughs> singing the praises of Song of Ice and Fire because we don't cool down easily. No, even with a thousand foot wall of ice. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> But Oops, what, wrong chat. <laughs> but what we are going to do is, for our listeners, um, watch. I am going to ask you to watch our Instagram because um, there's definitely going to be a giveaway going up over the holiday break while we're a little quiet. Um, we've got some really sweet custom dice. We'll be giving away a uh, 20 set of our custom dice to one lucky winner and the details will be on our Instagram. 
and this won't be going up until this episode is posted, so, you know, no surprises there. So, from Sean and Ricky, we hope you guys have a good holiday. Yeah. I don't care. You all can. We honestly do hope that. Yes. Have a good holiday, and we'll see you in 2021. See you in 2021. If that meteor doesn't happen. Alright guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of Wargaming After Dark. I ask you to, if you enjoy the content, to check out our Instagram. We have a Facebook page and a Patreon. It's all listed under Wargaming After Dark. And I hope you have a great day.